Hey, this is Tim McGregor, and I'm the pastor of LOH Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Every mom deserves an excellent Mommy's Day message and a better one that I could ever construct. And so I, I go into my routine as I do and is praying and, uh, and the Lord always comes through. Isn't God good, right? I love that song. He's really good. And so I want to thank God, of course, for this message he gave me and Eugene Peterson who wrote the message version because I was listening to the message version in my car uh, driving to the track to get a workout in and I was sort of like in the beginning part of the week and I had a couple thoughts and I couldn't get them together and, and I was listening to the third chapter of Ruth. I'm sure that's what you commonly listen to as well and I was listening to the third chapter of Luke from the message translation and Boaz says something to Ruth and it matched my love for R&B Motown music in 70s on 7 where the Holy Spirit lives. Anyway, um, and one of my best friends, uh, Stevie Wonder, wrote a song and uh, it matched the same phrase that Boaz said to Ruth don't worry about a thing and when I heard that immediately it triggered uh, where I where I live and where I go in that genre of music and it reminded me of a song and as I was running around the track I just began to think of other stories in the Old Testament that God meets a woman and, 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 and reminds her of why she can live her life. And I want to say that to you today, Mom. Don't you worry about a thing on Mother's Day or any day. Now, that's a big statement to make, and it's somewhat audacious to make in specific contexts, and I totally understand. And I would say amen to that, because if you live in Realville, where we are really supposed to live, Realville, you know that there are a lot of things that we can worry about, because there are real challenges, and real life sometimes stinks in multiple episodes of our life story, even into season two, three, and four. We can go through times where, to be quite honest, it can be. And I get it. And I'm not talking about Lucky Charms cereal, don't worry. And I'm not talking about easy believism, don't worry. I'm saying that in the guts and the grid, I don't know if you need to turn me down because I'm going to blast it today because this is coming from my toes. I'm saying that in the guts and the grid, when the alarm goes off in the morning and mom, you ask yourself, do I want to get out of bed and do I have to adult today? <laughs> God sent me to tell you, don't worry about a thing. God longs to grace every mama in this room today and those who are watching, and I hope you are, in a way that the worries that are real in this life, and Jesus said there would be worries in the life, but that they wouldn't weigh you down and take away your, po take away your power. I'm learning to time some of those kind of things. Take away your power, which is your faith, your hope, and your love. Because nobody does those things better than you. And God doesn't want the worries of life in Realville to cause you to live in a kind of worry that chokes your faith, your hope, and your love. And so I'm going to share with you the four stories that I got early in the week 
of women who experienced the grace of God in different ways. These women were different women in different times with different concerns and different worries and God lifted them up. And he wants to lift you up today. Would you look at a mama, guys, not you, would you, girls, would you look at a mama next to you, near you, and look him in the face and say, he wants to lift you up. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. And then say, and then say, and then say, don't you worry about, not about, about. We're going 70s R&B, about a thing, mama, mama. When life keeps on doing the do, and it seems like it's all up to you. I want you to hear the Heavenly Father's voice in other days coming up this week and in weeks to come. I want you to hear the Heavenly Father's voice say to you, don't you worry about a thing, mama. How can I be so sure, Tim? Well, he has a well to sustain you. Like, in the story of Hagar, he has a well to sustain you. Hagar was a maidservant of Sarah. Sarah was the wife of Abraham, and Sarah could not bear children. And so, in a conversation with her husband, they came to an agreement that Sarah would give her maidservant to Abraham and through the maidservant, Abraham could father a child and Hagar would be standing instead of Sarah. But after the baby, as the baby was being carried to full term and after the baby was born, Sarah's attitude toward Hagar changed. And Hagar was sent away, was sent away from the faith community. The godly community had no place for her. And she was sent away, wandering under life-threatening conditions with a young little boy, having to fend for herself in the middle of nowhere in a desert. And in that moment, God saw her and had mercy on her. And the way he had mercy on her is that he showed her a well. Here's what it says. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba, and God opened her eyes. May he do that for every woman in this room today. May he open your eyes and show you a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And Hagar, later in that story, calls that well, the well of the one who sees me. The one who sees you, mom. He wants you to see that he has provided a well to sustain you. It says he opened her eyes. And she opened her eyes and she saw a well and that well that she drank from not only saved her but saved her son. Everything good and everything God in life starts with a breakthrough moment with the Holy Spirit. Because in the Bible, in real life times, the stories about the well 
are always pointing to the story that all of us can experience. The powerful breakthrough of the living water that comes in the person of the powerful Holy Spirit. The well is a symbol of the Holy Spirit's living water. And here's what the Holy Spirit can and still and will be doing up to the day Jesus comes. The Holy Spirit can break through every chain. The Holy Spirit can quench every thirst. He can heal every single hurt and give you the strength to stand when there's nothing in you that can strengthen you to stand. And he can sustain you in every storm. Many times God doesn't take you out of the storm. He takes you through it. And the way he takes you through it is by showing you something that the world can't see. It's the well of the living water of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that the kingdom of God, that Dustin did such a great job the last two weeks bringing to us, the kingdom of God is three things, righteousness, peace, and we talk about that. We talk about the fact that we all need a righteousness that doesn't come from us, and Jesus' righteousness is credited to us, righteousness. The kingdom of God's about that, and peace, and we talk about righteousness, peace all the time, don't we? Right? The peace of God that comes from the blood of Jesus that washes our sins away so there's nothing between us and God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and we all say amen, and it's also this. Not just the Holy Spirit, but it says joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and listen, not just a doctrine, joy in the Holy Spirit. And the joy of the Holy Spirit comes from tapping into the well of living water that's already on the inside of every person who has received Jesus Christ as their Lord. There is, a, there is a dynamic of joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So there is a well to sustain. You don't have to worry because there is a well of living water from God to sustain you. And not only to sustain you, but give you a joy that is inexplicable concerning your circumstances and what you're going through. Almost every woman I know that's a friend of mine or in my life circle, and I'm thankful that I have women that surround my life circle. Every woman I know in my life is a strong woman. And I even know unbelievers who are women and they're strong. But I'm talking about a strength beyond that. I'm talking about a mama who's strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Right? I'm not talking about a shallow hippity hop, everything's always great and you feel bad if you feel bad because you're at happy church and no one's supposed to ever feel bad. I'm more realistic than that. What I'm trying to say is in spite of all that, this, everything you need is in that water. 
You need not go somewhere or go to a place for the grace you need is on the inside of you in the inner space created by the new birth where Jesus Christ sends the person of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit creates a well on the inside of you. And Jesus said, if any mama thirsts, let her come to me and drink. And out of her innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now, I know you believe it, but your face doesn't look like it right now. I'm kidding. It's good news. God is saying, I want to open your, would you say this, Jesus, open my eyes to see the well that will sustain my life. Number two, don't worry about a thing, for he hears your heartfelt prayers just like Hannah. Hannah was this woman in the first chapters of the book of Samuel. There wouldn't be a book of Samuel if it wouldn't be for Hannah, by the way. Hannah is this woman who was longing to become a mama, but she was barren. I don't know what the deal is with the barren women and great miracles happening through their life in the Bible, but it's true. And Hannah's another, and she's a wannabe mama who couldn't get pregnant, and so she prayed prayers like a mama bear. You know what I'm talking about? And God heard her. Prayer. Now, Mom, I know. I live in Realville. I live in Realville. And you're saying, Pastor T. McGee, I believe in prayer. I should be praying more. I should be a lot of things more, but let me tell you about my life. Prayer, how and where? Because I'm always at play times and practices and part-time, full-time, and full-time, part-time. I'm a teacher, I'm a cleaner, I'm an organizer, I'm a driver, I'm a baker, I'm a banker. I'm supposed to stay in shape, but there's no time for that. I have to stay on schedule and I have to stay on time. There's no time for tea. It's always nap time or bath time or story time or bedtime or go time or slow time. Can't be my time because it's game time. And it's always someone else's time other than my time. So, what do you mean prayer time? Because there's no time for his time or my time. Yet people, and even you today, thank you very much, say, don't you worry about anything. No pressure. Although I hear there's a world war stirring up over there. But I can't think about that because I have to get to the store to get more and I have to do the laundry again that I just did. And the laundry and the dishes, it's like the feeding of the 5,000. As soon as they empty the basket, there's more there. And I realize when I walk by my deck outside, I'll never sit on it. And so I just wave at it and on I go. And I got to write another check for another school project that I thought would be the last one, the last project. And now I'm not sure I can cover this one. And I check the mirror on my way to something else, somewhere else, for someone else. And I say, hello, goodbye, and off I go. No worries, no pressure, prayer time. Yeah, got it. Every day of like this, even on Mother's Day, there is a part of that. And I'm saying to the people who live like that, mama like you, he hears your heartfelt prayer. Your prayer life, the way it is, if it's from your heart, is okay with God. 
which means if your prayer time is during the time you're cleaning up spills and you're wiping noses and even wiping batuskis, and you're chasing the dog who broke out of the house for the third time today, And the devil will tell you, your prayers aren't hitting the bullseye because you're not in the prayer closet. Like the plumpy, backslidden, drunk priest Eli who said as Hannah was pouring out her heart to God, he had a critique for her prayer posture. See, in the church world, and we're all guilty of it, the longer we're in it, we create images and Pressures. There's so many pressures and so many paradigms projected from the church, from experts and tech experts and posters and posers and in-laws and outlaws and church sisters under the law that make you feel that you're canceled out the way you pray even though your prayer comes from your heart. Well, mom, I have a message for you because I know a guy who is a yoke is easy, burden is light Jesus. Come on, somebody. Who sent, come on, who sent me to tell you to tell the devil and tell the loser priesthood and tell the mamas that always create the dramas, I ain't gonna worry about a thing. He hears me. He hears my heartfelt prayers even while I'm driving to somewhere for somebody else who's crying in the back seat because they don't want to get out of their seat when we drop them off at the place. When I'm trying to at least find a hope to go to song and hit the bullseye, I need something and I don't know. Do you hear? He hears your prayers. Don't you worry about a thing. It says in the Bible, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth, but God heard her heart. Hannah was praying in her heart, and the Lord heard it, and the Lord remembered it. And here's what God does in the course of time, in the course of time, take your watch off and just turn it over to God. He has a perfect time. In the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son and she named him Samuel because she said, I asked the Lord for him. And God is going to raise up a whole new generations of mama who break out of the drama filled with the living water of the Holy Spirit who break away from all the bondage that the church puts on them and preachers put on them and prayer experts and tech experts and posers put on them and you just come to know that God is so good that he'll give you the grace and the space wherever that space is even if it's in a place you don't want to be and he'll hear your heartfelt prayers and your life will become God did that God did that God did that come on some God did that God did that God did that. Come on, somebody. Samuel, 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 Samuel. Everything's a Samuel. That's right. A new generation of Mother's Day mamas and mamas-to-be and hope-to-be mamas. Here's what God wants you to do. Pray big with a stubborn faith. Pray big with a stubborn faith. For when moms come together in a concert of prayer, God's power can move anywhere come on he touched he touched her womb to birth a revival in the nation 
The priesthood was off the mark and there was no fresh word from God when the nation, the nation was spiraling in decay. Are you watching TV? Are you watching TV? The world's way past nuts. And while we're reconstructing and deconstructing and even people up here go, I don't know what I think anymore. While all that's going on, God's looking for a mama who might have little ones and doesn't have time for anything. But in their heart, they're saying, God, I'm hungry to have a baby. I'm hungry to have birth and birth something in my life. If I, I, want, I, I, don't, I don't just want a kid. I want a kid that will live for the king. I just don't want a kid. I want a kid that will live for the kingdom of God. I want to pray something that will birth something that they'll be talking about generations after I'm gone. Listen, when things are bad, God's always stirring up a mama of faith with a relentless hunger. Even when the backslidden preachers don't see her and her husband husband cares for her but he doesn't pray with her <laughs> and she seems alone and some of the things that we structure in the churches of Jesus Christ make you even feel more alone there's a God that when you say father he says what even if you didn't hear it and when you say, Lord, he says, I'm here. And when you pray, he listens in. Here's how you get his attention even closer. I want to birth a movement, God. I want to carry it to full term. And I want you to hear. Don't you worry about a thing, Mama. Because he hears your heartfelt prayers this is a four course meal so we're not finished that's two number three you don't have to worry because he's got your back just as he did for Ruth but before we go to Ruth I want to stop right here and I want to I want to speak to the Naomi's in the room who is that Naomi is an image of an elderly woman of God um, who has been through the real stuff in the storm. When we come to the story of Ruth, there's a story about a woman before Ruth named Naomi and her husbands died and both her sons. And when you live in that generation, if you're a woman, you're already completely dependent on a patriarchal world. And to lose your breadwinner and your go-to-work guy and all that and, you, and your sons who could, even if the dad died, they could pick it up. They die too. And, you're, and you and, and their wives are in a place you didn't want to be and you didn't ask to be, you didn't pray to be, and there you are. And it was so hard for her, Naomi, so hard for her that she was actually tempted to change her name to match her circumstances. But the problem with that was that she had made such an impact in the lives of those daughters when she told them to go find it, better pastures. They said, no, no, no. You have a better God. And we're going with you. So, moms, you've raised your kids. 
you've poured into your kids and you've poured into other people's kids and you've prayed and you've served and you've given and you've been so faithful and you might say, but T. McGee, my knees are shot and the collagen has only gone so far. And my golden age ain't got much gold in the bank. And I look in the mirror and I say, you definitely are not a hot Bible teaching edgy woman of God blowing up your Instagram page. Does God know where I am? My ship has sailed and the barnacles are growing. And I don't see any high seas and new dawns and victories. The leaves are falling off my trees and so is the skin under my eyes sinking down. Does my father see me? Here's what I say to you. There will be no Ruth without your truth. My heroine of the scarlet thread with an unseen faith and servant heart that a younger generation may not have any appreciation for yet. My dear covenant, loyal friend of Jesus, don't change your name to match the bitter circumstance of your life, but by God's grace, change the course of the young ones that he's sending into your space. And here's a gentle word to hurting women. Instead of cursing the hurting women that are manifesting their hurt, certainly outside of the grace of God, in our streets, maybe even in church parking lots today, as we've been told they will, behind those manifestations is a story. And some of the people from my generation who started that thing had a story as well. But what you claim and name, younger generations will also do the same. Or you can be like Naomi. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, my dear daughter, isn't it about time I arranged a good home for you so you can have a happy life? Wow. What a path. What a model. And isn't Boaz our close relative? Boaz is an Old Testament image of the Messianic line and, symboli and symbolically speaking of Jesus. So when you read about Boaz, you're seeing, you're seeing the heart of Christ for everyone. But I want you to see the heart of Christ for women today, moms. Isn't Boaz your close relative? The one with whose young women you've been working, maybe it's time to make your move. I love that. Maybe it's time for you to make your move toward this messianic work in your life. So tonight is the night. Boaz barley harvest and he's at the threshing floor. 
Get all dressed up and go to the threshing floor. Lie at his feet and let him know that you're available to him for marriage. I love that. Think of that imagery with Jesus. Then wait and see what he says and he'll tell you what to do. Here's Naomi in all her hardship playing a huge role, speaking guidance into Ruth's destiny, leading her to the Messianic field where he is already willing to put handfuls out on purpose to lead her toward a joyous life. Now back to Ruth. Ruth is this young woman. And in Ruth chapter three, Boaz came out from Bethlehem. Bethlehem, isn't it interesting? Greeting his harvesters. And when Jesus comes, he is bringing God with us. God be with you. And they reply, and God bless you. Man, he's blessed. And Boaz asks his young servant, who was foreman over the farmhands, who is this young woman? Where did she come from? His eyes. Where is his eyes? Now, this is a godly man, right? This is not, hey, this isn't, this isn't a player out in the field. This is an image of messianic purpose. And the difference between Boaz and Jesus is he sees you and he knows your name. And then Boaz spoke to Ruth, listen my daughter, from now on, don't go to any other field to glean, stay right here in this one. And stay close to your, my young women. Watch where they're harvesting and follow them. And here, don't you worry about a thing, mama. Cause I'll be standing in the side when you check it out. That's, don't you feel the Holy Spirit when Stevie Wonder writes us? Anyway, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Judge me, judge me, judge me. I don't care. I don't care. I'm past that. I'm older now. <laughs> you just go on, have your happy life. I'll do mine. Naomi says to Ruth, lie at his feet to let him know that you are available. I'm not one night standing, Jesus. And wait and see what he says. We're talking about the context of God having a woman's back when nobody else does. We're talking about security. And where do you find it? You wait and see what he has to say. Where? Down at the threshing floor. What's that? The threshing. See, I underlined it? The threshing floor. The threshing floor. John the Baptist described Jesus as coming in the symbolic imagery of Boaz. And John the Baptist says that we will be like wheat that he gathers into a barn and he thoroughly purges his threshing floor, which means he takes the harvest, which is you and I, and he, with his fork, he winnows it. He lets it get exposed to the elements and the wind and what doesn't matter and what will be in the way of our lives gets blown away by the wind, but the real good stuff comes back down to the threshing floor. So, you know, when women, regardless of their man or their church or their priest or their pastor or their prophet, regardless of their circumstances of what they love and what they don't love, regardless, when a woman comes to the feet of the Messiah and it's at the threshing floor and her worship isn't just Sunday, 
her worship, regardless if she knows the words, regardless if she carries the tune in her heart, she's fine-tuned because the ear of Boaz is listening for this. You are my king. You are my Lord. I am at your feet. And when you're at his feet, he has your back. You never have to worry about a thing. When you lay your life down at his feet, he will guide your feet into fields of favor and always, always, always have your back. He has your back when, he, when you give him your heart. Do you have time for one more course? Don't you worry about a thing, mama. Because he'll make you tough for the hard stuff. Like Mary. The mother of Jesus. I don't know what you think about Mary, but you know what I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus? She's a beast of a woman of faith. I mean, she's a beast of a woman of faith. I remember coaching peewee baseball one time. Way back in the day, Roy. Coaching peewee baseball. Little, little, little five-year-old kids. And there were some parents all into it. And they were, hey, you know, any of you guys in, in sports, kids sports, you know there's, there's parents that are into it. And then there are maniacal people. I remember one time, we were, we were playing against this one team. I mean, I know you remember. And the umpire, dear God, the umpire's probably made $5 a night. You know, I mean, it is, and it is, and it is the World Series, right? You're at Cash Valley Field, and it's you and them. It's you or them. And everything about living in definition and success is whether you beat them, five-year-olds. <laughs> and the umpire made a bad call, and somebody's mama didn't like it and said it. And the umpire who made five bucks a month wasn't rocking and rolling with mama and said something back. And I watched coaching third base. Mama come out on the field, <laughs> jump on the umpire's back. Boom, boom. I'm thinking, wow, this city's nuts. <laughs> this woman wanted to win in a bad way. Now, that's a different kind of beast. I shouldn't say that. I have some really good, I threw people out of game stories. I used to umpire a lot of different things. I got some rock star stories, man, where I said, you, anyway, anyway. <laughs> hey, I wasn't saved when I wasn't saved. I don't know about you, but I wasn't. Mary is 14-ish. Most scholars say 14-ish when she conceives by a Holy Spirit. 14 And imagine being found to be pregnant at 14, and then in your little community of probably less than a thousand people, you say, God did it. An angel visited me, and I've never had relations with any guy. I'm a virgin. Try that one out. Even if you're in the Bible. 
So Mary has to deal with the scandalous talk. And actually, when Jesus is in the ministry, they're still mocking. They're saying, isn't this <clears throat> Joseph's son? Yeah, sure. They mocked him all the way through on that. Carried it over. Mary. Not only that, she's riding a donkey near water breaking time to another town. Her birthing suite is a barn. Later, she and her husband, Joseph, and the baby have to literally run for their lives. And eight days at the baby dedication ceremony, I don't know if they sprinkled, dunked, I don't know what denomination Joseph, all I know is the Holy Ghost sent a man to look her in the eyes and say, this baby is going to bring light to all the un-Jewish people of the whole world and be the glory of Israel. Oh, and by the way, a sword will pierce your heart. So eight days in, she knows, regardless, a, a sword. She's probably 14 years old. A sword's up the road. Based on, no matter what, the destiny of this kid, regardless of what he does for God, there's a sword that's going to meet you. And you know what this woman does? She starts nurturing him anyway. She's a beast of a woman of faith. Can I just, we've been lighthearted and fun and all that. Now I'm going I'm to preach. It will, it will cost you to raise a godly kid. Not a churchy kid. A godly kid. Regardless of how the church has changed, regardless of what gets deconstructed and reimagined, shut up. We have to reimagine. No, 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 you, no, 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 no. Imagine this. Imagine there is a heaven. It's easy if you try. Imagine a hell below us and more than just the sky. Imagine all the people one day lost forever. You might say I'm a dreamer. I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us or eternity isn't going to be fun. Imagine that. And I don't hate you. I love you to tell you the truth. It will cost you a high cost as the years continue to go on to raise godly kids in a crazy world where even in the church, discipleship's being redefined. There is no way to raise a godly kid to do a godly thing in, the, in their generation without walking toward a sword. But she nurtured him nonetheless. And then 27 years go by, they're at a wedding. Jesus and his mom and his disciples. And they run out of wine. And Mary says, hey, they've run out of wine. And he says a strange thing. Notice he doesn't say mama. He says woman. And the reason he's saying that is this. If you ask me to start and ignite this thing here, our relationship changes forever. I'm not your son. I am your son, but I'm the son of God. And this road leads with glory on the way to a hill. Woman, my hour has not yet come. In other words, 
Your call. Your call. Mom, there are tough women in the world. Tough. But to raise a godly kid, hey, you listening to me? To raise a godly kid who will live for the glory of another at any cost, you have to be more than tough. You have to have a grace from God being a woman that's at the threshing floor that's received a son like Hannah. But throughout the rest of her life, she is continually crafting, embroidering garments of a priesthood tunic that as he grows out of it, she makes another one. Breathable, not bounding, breathable, but within the garment of God. You have to be tough to do that while the world and the world in the pulpit and the world in the church redefines discipleship. Let me tell you heaven's unchanging definition of discipleship. Mary tells us. Let's read it. Are we up there? There we are. Let's read it. Where am I? And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to them, they have no wine. And Jesus says to her, woman, now, if you're a young man in this room or a young girl in this room and your mom's in the kitchen and she raises her voice into, the, into where you are and tells you to take the trash out, what you don't want to say is, woman, I give every mom the priestly liberty to go flying out of the kitchen, diving over the couch, on top of that kid, and shine the light on them. And all the kids said, amen, right? So you don't want to say woman and hud, hud husbands? I was at somebody's house one time, and they didn't go to the ch this church, and I, we were watching the Steelers game, and I heard my friend say to his wife, woman, make me a sandwich. I thought, Armageddon is going to happen. I thought, I thought, I saw the dog's ears go down like this. I thought, I'm, I'm, my friend's a crazy man. Woman, what? Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. That's what I'm talking about. This is not that. This is not that. This is, if I do a miracle here, there's more than miracles in the plan of God. There's a cost. What concerns me is a natural nurturing concern of wonderful, well-meaning good-hearted moms and dads, including me and my past. I've prayed so many prayers through all my life for God to protect my son and for God to protect my daughter and for God to protect my grandkids. And I pray it every day. And I'm telling you, sanctified or Holy Ghost filled or whatever, if I'm at Graham's baseball game or Juju's baseball soccer, who knows what or whatever, and somebody goes off, you know, does something, you know, I'm coming over, I'm, I, I'm coming over the fence. 
Oh, don't look at me like you're that kind of Christian. You, I'm coming over to, I'm coming. Don't look at me like, I've seen, well, anyway. I've been to some of your, anyway. I'm not going to, yeah, that ain't, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going out prayerful. But we're going to have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Right? Hmm. But there are words that I've prayed in many times like this. Lord, protect them. Lord, comfort Savannah. Watch over Graham. Good prayers, right? But if we're not careful, nurturing in Nazareth will continue when God wants them to leave Nazareth. And so these words, like how do you pray when it's God's will for your son to carry a cross through the streets of Israel? How do you pray God protect Jesus? Protect how? He was born. He, he, he was born. Hey, I remember sitting in Missions Week Chapel. Freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and senior year, when men and women would stand right here and say about God's call on their life and what he asked them and the price they paid and the price they had to pay. And I remember being so blown away realizing these people here have counted the cost. There are guys that are pre they're here in Central Florida in the sunny sunshine of Central Florida in April who are going back to Egypt and going, literally Egypt, and going to Romania and going behind the Iron Curtain and they're not only willing to preach, they're willing to die. And it would hit me so much and, I would, and then I would think, and I, when I sing I Surrender All and he sings I Surrender All, are we singing the same song? What I'm concerned about in the modern church is I'm not hearing these young people coming up behind here saying, God called me to say no, one of my friends, to a full ride to Wake Forest to study medicine, to go to Libya. My parents don't want me to go. My youth pastor doesn't want me to go. But I know I've got to do God's will. And the last thing you need is a good intention, Simon Peter saying to you, never, Lord, will you go and die. That's a best friend telling you that. The only point I'm making, it requires, anybody listening to me? It requires a certain kind of tough to know that when you say to your son or daughter, whatever he says to you, do it. We talk about the water to wine. We talk about the Holy Ghost moving in our churches. We talk about all these things. And yes, 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 yes. We sing and may he bless you. And may he bless you. And may he bless you. Let me. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Some blessings don't look like blessings on this side. It's more of a threshing floor. And you want, we want miracles. We want signs. We want wonders. Yes, we do. Don't we? We want God to move, but what if God moves on your kid to move? Right. Whatever 
he says, it is a certain kind of toughness to encourage your kids. And here's how you encourage them. When you lay out the groundwork in the model of a mom and a dad or a dad or a mom, that you obey the Lord whatever he says and your kids begin to see the fields open up through your obedience. God uses that as memorial stones that are built so that when it's their turn, they can look back and see the faithfulness of God toward people who are obedient. Anybody listening today? Let me tell you why I'm, I'm saying this. I want everybody to stand, please. The Holy Spirit has a question for every mom in this room. Now get it. I, listen, listen, listen. You listening? You listening? Don't you worry about a thing. When I went off to answer the call to preach the gospel, my mother got under a lot of anxiety over that. And she went in and sat with my pa our pastor back here. And my pastor said to her, did you, did you dedicate Tim to the Lord? She said, yeah, yes I did. She said, wait a second. Did you dedicate Tim to the Lord? Is not the Lord able to take care of your son better than you? Here's a question from the Holy Spirit that he laid on my heart to share with every mom in this room. Will you come to his feet? Here's why he wants you at his feet. Here is a word the Holy Spirit has put in my heart and it's burning like a fire. It's right up here. He is, I don't know about churchy kids, but I know about this. Here's what he's wanting to do in the United States of America. He is creating a new generation of faith-filled, Jesus-loving, miracle-claiming, nation-changing, devil-chasing mamas about to birth a mighty revival in this land. I don't know... I've been through some stuff, and I've seen some stuff, and I've been through some fields, and I am convinced that even in the midst of the reimagining and the deconstruction and preachers getting nervous, that God's about to raise up the greatest thing we've ever seen. And I believe that much of it's gonna come from a new generation of mama who will take the advice of Naomi and come before Boaz and say, I'm in it for a marriage. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it to do your will. Put your canopy over my life. Because he has a well to sustain you. He hears your heartfelt prayers. He's got your back. And he'll make you tough for the hard stuff. 
If you make a decision to let him lead you in obedience that's modeled through loving the Lord to your kids, God's hand of grace will always stay on your kids as they walk in obedience, following the footsteps of a mama of faith. I believe it with all my heart. I've lived it. My mother was saved but not sold out. My mother, who's 85 years old, was saved but not sold out to the Lord back when I was uh, just getting out of high school. And on a Wednesday night at, a, at an altar of another church, she'll tell you, she went forward and gave her, not to get saved, she went to an altar and gave her whole life and gave her kids again to God. Within a month, I walked to the same altar and was totally changed in my life. Within that month, my sisters did the same and my father followed right behind. I don't have a time frame for you, but I'm saying this, heaven moves by the prayers of a holy mama. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I don't, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Mom, here is this morning's threshing floor. Right, 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 right here. Right, right, right here. Right. Some of you, by an act of obeying the inner voice of the Spirit, saying, saying, I'm going to open your eyes to the powerful living water of the Holy Spirit in your life. Come, come, come. I'm going to show you that I've been listening to you for a long time. I have your And I'm going to use your model. I'm going to use your model so that your children will be fine-tuned that when they hear his voice, joy will rise up like Bartimaeus and go after that voice even when they can't see it. To have a miracle released in their life. That happens at the threshing floor. There are people saved but not sold out. Sold out. There's a, there's a crucible in it because you're not sure what that's going to mean. And God creates that because he wants you to throw it all in. Because he wants to prove to you he's got your back. I watched mothers all ages flock to this altar at 8 o'clock this morning and a move of the Holy Spirit came across this place and I saw women all ages. I watched God begin. You could see it. You could see words from the Lord just coming up in the souls of moms. I'm here to ask you as you stand to your feet, will you come to his feet? Because he wants you to know you don't have to worry about a thing, Mama. Whatever he says to 
to you. Do it. I've read and sung a song about he's a way maker. Let's watch him way make. Let's watch him promise keep. He, the Psalm says, the secret of the Lord is revealed to the godly. Threshing floor. Come on, Ruth. Come on, Naomi. Lead the way to Boaz's feet. And let's get that revival going. Let's get that revival going. Come on, Mama. You've always started it. We'd all be messed up if it wouldn't be for Mama. Right? Come on, Mom. Come on, Mom. Create space. Make a place. Make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. Come on, Lord Jesus. Come on, Lord Jesus. We're not playing church today. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I've always been way out of my league. I've always been out on water. I have no business being. And another one of those is right now, right here, right now, I was born for this moment for some women in this church. I was born. I was born for today. Make a way. Lord, I'm going to get out of the way, but I'm going to pray that the mighty work of the whole Jesus. Come on. Listen. Jesus, sift that stuff out of my life. Sift that stuff out of my life. I want to be a different kind of tough. I want to be a different kind of woman. I'm married to the king. I'm married to the king. I'm a loyal. As Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. Jesus is moving in this place. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. There's some of you that he's going to, there's going to be a dynamic thing that happens in you with an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. With an intimacy from the Holy Spirit, it's going to start right here and right now. Father, release the, release the wellsprings, just like the fountains that burst out of the great deep in the days of Noah to destroy. Opposite, burst forth the fountains to build, to bless, to create, to demonstrate, so that generations yet to be born because a woman of God met Jesus at the threshing floor. Today, mighty works will happen. Mighty works will happen. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I just thank you for what you're going to do right now. Give God time. Wait to see what he says to you as the band plays. Wait. Tell him, Lord, Cast your canopy over my life. Cast your canopy over my life. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.